welcome to Talking Giants player profiles and projections. And today, we're going to start with our starting left guard and Shane Lemieux. And then we're going to hit our rookie linebacker, Darian Beavers. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Penick. Let's get into Shane Lemieux. Mm. Third-year guard at six foot four, 310 pounds, was a fifth-round pick out of Oregon in 2020. Coming off of a torn patellar tendon. Was hurt on the first day of pads last training camp and tried to grind it out. He's a tough guy, but ended up having to have seizing-ending surgery after 17 reps versus the Denver Broncos. Justin Lemieux is a player who was thrown in way too early his rookie year to start the last nine games of the year and then missed his entire second year. I do think he's a guy who can stick around with the Giants, and he's definitely going to start in 2022, though. Yes, uh, happy that Shane Lemieux is back. Um, one of the things I want to talk about is that it's kind of going to be huge if Shane Lemieux can be, even if it's a short-term answer to the offensive line, I'm talking like one to two years from now, if he can kind of stick around and be an answer for this offensive line, it's huge. Um, and how this offensive line, especially the interior, you know, how we're going to view it, I think is kind of centered on if Shane Lemieux can be an average to good player or if he goes back, especially in pass pro, to some of his tendencies that he did in 2020, then we're talking about starts to tank things a little bit. Yeah, and again, like his career is now in his hands. Like he's going to get a chance to start, and if he yep. plays well, I don't care who they drafted. They're going to figure out a way the guy to play this guy. You know, mm-hmm. similar to Nick Gates com- coming off of 2019, where it's like this offensive line isn't good enough to not play Nick Gates. So let's find a p- spot for him. That spot ended up being center. With Shane Lemieux, uh, for him to be that guy. He's already a good run blocker, but he needs to become a better run blocker, like a really good run blocker, mm-hmm. and he needs to get a beat, get to a point of being an average pass blocker because, again, there's five starting offensive line spots in the NFL. Not everyone is going to be great unless you're the Dallas Cowboys of five years ago. Right. But, so, but for him to be that starter, he needs to just be a, an average pass blocker and to really grow in the run game. And the Bills brass – Really liked Lemieux heading into the 2020 draft, right? Is yes. that something? Where where did we hear that from? Bobby Johnson said it. Shane said it. So, but now they they might be giving lip service. But you know, Lemieux also said like you know Bobby Johnson wanted to work with him. Yeah. At, you know when they met at the combine. So I almost don't even consider Shane Lemieux to be one of these guys that oh you're just here simply because the previous regime picked you and they just couldn't find a replacement for you yet. I don't even know. I almost don't even consider Shane Lemieux to be in that kind of spot to have that designation on him. I agree. You know, they, you know, when Feliciano was down for, you know, a week, they moved him over the center. Like, and again, they're not even letting him like battle with uh, Azudu for that starting left guard. Like Shane Lemieux is getting every single starting rep. Yeah. So let's talk about, we'll go through pass blocking and then run blocking. Rookie year, nine games. I mean, awful pass blocking, awful pass blocking. In fact, at the time, Will Hernandez was a better player than Shane Lemieux. You know, now that didn't mean Shane Lemieux was going to grow into be a better player than Will Hernandez. And Hernandez had a, Got even got way worse his his final year last season, but in nine games he gave up five sacks, six hits, and twenty five pressures. I mean those numbers are flat out disgusting. That's bad. Last year playing on the on the injury and seventeen snaps, not much, but you know zero pressures allowed. Like but but it wasn't just like oh zero pressures, zero sacks. He legit looked good in those seventeen reps. Mm-hmm. So this is where he needs to get is to that level. Now, so seventeen plays, you can't really take much away from that. But again, Lemieux was never a guy who oh bad rookie year throw him away. He shouldn't have been put in there as as a rookie. Uh, and 
I do think he's going to benefit with Bobby Johnson's coaching style at the offensive line, more aggressive pass sets. You know, when he can get his hands in the chest, because he has short arms, when he can get, you know, come off the line of scrimmage and pop guy in the chest, get his hands there, his feet are good enough to mirror with most guys, not everybody, but most guys, and stay active, that's when he has those great pass reps, is when he is coming aggressive off the line, bringing the punch, he's got a good punch with those short arms, and then the feet are, are, are quick enough to move with guys. Where he's gets an is, where his issues come in is when there's some space and he's got an athletic defensive tackle. You got to move that hand those feet. Swipe, hand swipe comes and his feet are working one way. The defensive tackle's going the other way. They don't recover quick and he can get embarrassed. Yeah. You know, and we've seen in even in practice, you know, Leonard Williams get him on some of those reps. So to get to that, you know, he's never going to be a guy who, you know, a Kevin Zeitler pass blocker in the NFL. He'll never be that. But to get to an average where, you know, you're giving up two sacks a year, you know, f- you know, six to eight hits and, you know, a total of 25 pressures over 17 games instead of nine. That's the goal for Shane Lemieux as a pass blocker. Yeah, and especially I think you give up less pressures on the interior compared to tackles. I think that's a yeah, thing in the you, NFL. You look at Zeitler's numbers there between like that 18 to, thir- you know, 25. So for him to like stay around 25 would be ideal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. and he's playing against a good with a good tackle with Andrew Thomas, and there and that's the thing is Shane Lemieux is a very smart and tough player. Like he's a hard worker, so he, you know Shane Lemieux is not going to have the miscommunications that you know the formerly you know the former guy we mentioned with Hernandez had. Like he, him, and Thomas have that good communication, and we'll talk about it more so in the run game. So it's you know not having continue to not have the mental mistakes, but the physical mistakes that the physical issues that he had as a rookie. Where again, guys, there was. One to two just embarrassing reps in the pass pro as a rookie. we got to get rid of those embarrassing reps. He's not going to be great all the time. He's going to have some bad reps, but we got to get rid of the embarrassing reps that can end a drive. Long-term projection at center? I know PPPs are for this year, but are we kind of rooting for that? Well, with Azudu, obviously going to be part of the, this team's uh, future plans. Mark Lewinsky here for essentially two years, uh, you know, guaranteed. I think that's somewhere where, you know, he can, if he has a good year, you know, you, you move on from Feliciano or you keep Feliciano as the backup and you let, you know, Lemieux work at that and yeah. be like, hey, you're going to work at center. Get the start. If it doesn't work, then now you're our first guard off the bench. Because again, no matter how good Lemieux plays, eventually they're going to want to play a Zudu. Like, yeah. I don't see, I don't see this going to year two with the 67th overall pick of the first draft class of the new regime not playing. Uh, and Mark Lewinsky, you know, you gave him a, a decent chunk of change. If if Glowinski's bad this year, then you let's keep him at guard. Yeah. Um, but if Glowinski is who we think he is, then you're not going to move on from him as a starter. Yeah, but I am rooting for Lemieux, and I'm rooting for him to stay at left guard. I know Azudu is the 67th pick, you know, one, a very early pick. The first pick that was devoted to the interior offensive line of this Joe Shane era. I'm rooting for Lemieux to be at left guard because I genuinely do think, at least for this year, the best version of this Giants offensive line is with Lemieux at left guard. Yes, and Azuda needs to go through his own growing pains. Yeah, um, you know, and let Lemieux hold hold that down. Um, so as so to, to recap the pass blocking portion before we go into the run blocking, just needs to get average. And I think being more aggressive, more jump sets is going to help him. Yeah, let's talk about the run blocking. First of all, he's just got a run blocking demeanor. Like he's mm. aggressive and mean. You know, I remember when we drafted him, the first play you walked versus Auburn, pancakes it, <laughs> like just smacks the crap out of him. So you like that. And he came in right away and was a good run blocker right away as a rookie yep. through all his pass blocking struggles. Um, he's like, he's got good feet, like a, a nice, nice base with good posture. 
Like you don't see a guy who's like kind of that mauler, like mean type, who's got the good posture that Shane Lemieux has. You know, a lot of times those guys are just leaning like crazy. Their feet get skinny because they're trying to drive a guy to freaking Mars with his blocks, and they'll you know land up on the ground. No, like no, he plays with a good posture with that mean uh, meanness, and he has that ability to keep the feet moving and drive a guy through the block. Like he, he fires off the ball low, hard, but again without leaning too much in that, and has that you know that proper posture. You mentioned him and Andrew Thomas in the past game. I think they work better on the running game together where, they, where, they're, where they're comboing, they're doubling guys, they're moving up to the secondary level. So I'm excited to see him and AT work those. They year. had great chemistry. Like when they worked double teams together, it was beautiful. Like it was some of the more fun things to watch in 2020. Was and that's when and- the Giants running game started to pick up a little bit more when, you know, when Hernandez kind of got COVID and went down for a couple of weeks. So yeah, absolutely. And again, they're both smart, tough players where they would step with the right foot, they're hip to hip, and they're moving those blocks. And again, a lot of times, the best way to do a combo block is to block the defensive lineman into the linebacker instead of having it the timing perfect of coming off at the right time. And that's what Lemieux and Andrew Thomas did a lot, where they were driving a guy five, six yards backward. You didn't have to come off to a linebacker because you washed off, you washed, you washed that D lineman into the linebacker and allowed, you know, Wayne Gallman to come off, you know, the hip of either Thomas or Lemieux, you know, whether we're going, you know, deciding on what type of yeah. run it was. AT has talked about Lemieux a lot too. I mean, I don't hear Shane Lemieux talk a ton, um, but you know, whenever Andrew Thomas is talking, he you know he mentioned Shane Lemieux by name and be like, hey, I, I got a good, I got a good mix with him. I got you know, I have a good chemistry with him. You know, when you have all these different offensive line coaches coming in, having somebody who's familiar like that is a big help. Yeah, so they work those double teams extremely well and single blocks. You know, it's he, he need that's what he needs to do. Like we talk about yeah. being an average getting to an average pass blocker to be able to be an average pass blocker but still start he needs to be come better and, and stronger in those single blocks okay. you know getting that initial pop and, and driving those guys down um, but he always works with good hat hat and hand placement you know which is sometimes rookies really struggle with that um, and especially a guy with hand, you know like with short arms like hey, he doesn't struggle with it too much and he's an athletic puller and he brings a pop yeah like, I was going to ask very you noticeable that he pulls very well I was going to ask you does Shane Lemieux fit an outside zone scheme that Brian Dable maybe wants to bring to this rushing offense a little bit this year? Well, I think they're mixing. But I think what we've seen in practice so far, they are truly mixing up between gap and zone. And that's what we saw out of Brian Dable in Buffalo mm-hmm. is that they adjusted uh, depending on their personnel. So, yes, I think he's got the, you know, the, the hips and, and the, you know, the foot speed to be outside zone. Not as fast as, you know, not the foot speed that Josh Azudu brings, but good, decent foot speed. Mm-hmm. And then when they're running the gap stuff and having him pulling, like he's the perfect guy for that. Like he's a better puller than Josh Azudu. He's a better puller than Mark Lewinsky. That's when, uh, that's when, you know, that's when Shane Lemieux's at his best. Like he pulls quick, he brings the pop. He's not, you know, you know, diving into guys and, and losing, losing balance, but he, he like, he does it uh, good, Fast, strong, and with good composure. And that makes me excited, too, because Saquon Barkley, I, I know that he's a little bit better running to his right side because he carries the ball in his right hand so he can stiff arm with this left. If we're going to be pulling Shane Lemieux, who's the left guard, to that right side, um, and that's the best combo for this offensive line, um, I'm here for it. Let's do it. Rock and roll Shane Lemieux. All right, Shane Lemieux, this is a make-or-break year for you. Get to an average pass blocker and a plus run blocker. Nick Gates probably we'll, – we'll see about Nick Gates, but uh, – you know, now Shane Lemieux's got like the the longest hair on the team, uh, at least out of the oh, offensive the line guys. Get, even Gates said like Lemieux's got better, thicker hair than me. So yeah, it's true. He did say that in our in our interview. But he doesn't have better burgers than Bear Burger. Does not. Nobody has better burgers than Bear Burger because they got something for everyone. Yes, even you. They're a burger joint. 
but they hate labels. They don't want to be bogged down by them because they have elk burgers. They have ostrich burgers. They have bison burgers. They have regular cheeseburgers and hamburgers if you're a regular kind of person. They also have vegan stuff if you're a person who's vegan. They have, you know, every burger is grass-fed burgers. I, I saw the shirts that they were wearing at Bear Burger, grass-fed burgers. Just so you know, it's not, that's not related to something that's vegan. It's related to something that cows are eating grass. I learned that because I'm an idiot. Because me and Julian explained it to you. Yeah, because I'm, I'm actually a flat-out idiot. Regardless of dietary preferences, Bear Burger has something for everybody. And the only restriction that you'll be limited to is food that is made to taste great. They have the best happy hour in New York City, 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. Monday to Friday. They have a little cool little special, two Nashville sliders, six PBRs, and a martini, all for under $20, Monday to Friday, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m.? That's really cool. They have a lunch special as well, $14.95. Some burgers served with fries. I want you to click the link in our description to find yourself at your favorite new happy hour spot, Burger Joint and Lunch and Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar. Thank you for sponsoring these PPPs. All right, next we have linebacker out of the University of Cincinnati, Darian Beavers. Was picked with the 182nd overall pick in the sixth round. In fact, was the final of 11 draft picks for the Giants this past yes. uh, this past draft. Coming in at 6 foot 4, 237 pounds, had a 36 and a half inch vertical, nice, a nice shuttle at 428 and a 6913 cone drill. Didn't participate in the 40. You know, he was drafted two rounds behind Micah McFadden, who plays the exact same position. Yeah. Plays it very differently, but two position, you know, two positions back. And Darren Beavers is right now the third inside backer after Blake Martinez and Tay Crowder and eventually could move past Tay Crowder on this depth chart. You know, and, and he now he did he was a super senior, so he's a little older, so you would accept expect him to be maybe a little ahead of other yeah, about guys. About a turn twenty three. You know, he played or he uh, is twenty three. You know, transferred from UConn and then the past year from Cincinnati who had a pun, a ton of NFL talent on it. He had nine ninety eight tackles, four sacks, eleven tackles for loss and interception. Um, you know, in the year before, you know, similar like not four sacks had similar stats, but in ten games compared to fourteen. Yeah, um, you know, and that two interceptions instead of one. Big thumper linebacker, and he plays like it. Like, yeah. kind of reminds me of the Reggie Ragland draft profile a, a little bit. He's an old school linebacker. That's at least what it looked like at Cincinnati. And I kind of, for a couple of years, I fell in love with the speedy linebacker. Sideline to sideline, yeah. But the I'm Brian going, Asamoahs of the world. But you're, I've, you know, the last year and a half, I've kind of went back to, you know what? Linebacker is played between the tackles 80% of the time. Yeah. You know, and coverage is awesome for a linebacker, but for the most part, you're spot dropping. Yep. You know, if you and can you're put, putting more safeties on the field nowadays anyway. You're taking linebackers off. You so know. I want a guy who can play in between the tackles, and that's what Darren Beavers is. Wins in a phone booth. And, and he's also versatile. Like, he, you can move him all over. Like, you can be like that hybrid outside linebacker. Yeah. I don't think he's ever going to be some great pass rusher from the outside linebacker spot. But you He can, did it at Cincinnati. But you can do some, like, you know, you can do some heavy personnel um, with, with Darren Beavers out there. So, as far as in between the tackles, I think he has very active heads to shed blockers and ability to slip under. Can shoot gaps get, uh, well when given the green light as a blitzer. Like, he's never going to be, uh, hey, this is your gap. You know, read and react, shooting gaps. But when he's given the green light as a blitzer, he does, he does good with that. He's strong. And, again, he's just a physical player with a strong, strong base. Like, he is a between-the-tackles, old-school linebacker. Yeah, and, Bobby, this was one of those players, I think one of, <laughs> one of the only day three picks that the Giants had 
where we actually did like legit pre-draft work on him and we actually watched him and we sat down and we talked about him during our interior linebacker draft preview episode. And I originally, I originally gave him the designation as like a like it player. Remember my, my draft designations are like it, love it, gotta have it, the Cold yeah. Stone Creamery scale. So I initially, I originally gave him that designation of like it because he was being projected as like this fourth round pick. I'm like, it's kind of a slow fourth round pick, but we're talking about if this is the Giants 11th pick of the draft, Darian Beavers is the 11th pick. That's kind of cool. That's yeah, like, that's I, I, like good value. You know, I had him as a late fourth round pick. You know, that's what I had him at. And again, the sixth round, I was very excited for that pick because I think he's a guy who, even though I don't think Beavers is ever going to be some great linebacker in this league, a star or anything, but I think he's a guy who will stick out around our roster because yeah. he knows how to play football. And you need those tackles. interior linebackers on your team. Yeah, and you're always going to, your inside linebacker depth, your fourth inside linebacker every year is going to get playing time. Mm-hmm. Every, single, every single year that we've done these PPPs since 2019 and even look before we were doing Talking Giants, I always say it. Number four inside linebacker is going to get playing time every single year. And, and every single year, it ends up it happening. It just tends to happen, yeah. Um, so now we've got one of those guys who can be is tough and can be trusted yep. with that role instead of just being like a, a flashy guy or a guy who just is not capable of, of handling that role. Yeah. Did you talk about his instincts at all? Because like, so one of the notes that I have, Go you know, we it. talked about how he's strong. I think he's a little slow. Like I said, he wins in that phone booth. But I think he has pretty solid instincts that can maybe make up for a little bit of a lack of athleticism. Yes, yes. Like, he, he's good at processing, you know, the play in front of him and yep. getting to where he's going. Yep. You know, he's not a, a super – he's not a uh, go-until-you-know type of guy. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of linebackers and some who even have great athletic profiles like Jamin Davis, who was a first-round pick for Washington uh, in 2021, who you have all this athletic profile in the world and people fall in love with them. But if you're a linebacker who is – a Go until you know, type of guy, which means you're you're not reacting. You're just waiting to see exactly what the play is to react. You're not going to be good. I don't care how athletic you are. So Beavers, even though he doesn't, ha- he has some athletic limitations. He's not that type of guy. Plays a little too upright and stiff. I think that is the biggest critique of Darian Beavers. Um, but I'm excited to see him, Bob. I think you know? he's got bad burst. You know that leads to well, yeah. Like, like you said, he's not that flow sideline to sideline type of guy. Yeah, that's the worry with Darian Beavers is that when a guy does bounce outside, uh, you know the tackles. There is many a times where he was left diving and grasping at ankles because he was just he just got beat to the corner. Yeah. Uh, now that's not happening a ton in the NFL, but still, like those that can be the that literally can be the difference between a three yard gain and a thirty yard gain. So that's yep. that's I think that is why. It, Paired with his age, Darian Beavers fell to the sixth round, even though I think uh, ourselves and a lot of other people viewed him as, uh, you know, a, a fourth-round ta- yeah. uh, tackle. So, um, I do, so I, basically, I think he's going to be, you know, if Blake Martinez goes down, I think he fills the Blake Martinez role better than Tay Crowder does. Even if and, Tay Mike, Crowder, and definitely Micah McFadden. Yeah, even if Tay Crowder, uh, even if Blake, so if Blake Martinez stays in, you can make an argument that Tay Crowder will be a better linebacker, Micah McFadden. Which, but yeah. if Blake Martinez isn't here, I much I I trust the Darian Beavers more so yes. than those two guys. Yes, I agree with that. Um, Let's talk about coverage. Oh, oh, he's still got coverage. Yeah, I think he's adequate in zone. Not a huge help, but adequate. He can get to a spot and drop, um, but you can never put Darian Beavers in man coverage. He will get taken advantage of in man yeah. coverage. Um, so, and then, you know, you see the athlete. So you just, that's the thing with a guy like Beavers, there's things you like and you can play him, but on a third and nine, he could be an issue. Yeah. You know, so, uh, then that's, that's why we, you know, like I just said, third and nine, I'd rather have Tay Crowder or Michael McFadden on the field. 
I agree. I agree. I feel like he is second a, and three. I want Darian Beavers on the solid field. feel for zone coverage. If they ever want to put guys in zone coverage, I feel like you know play the man in your zone yeah. versus just playing grass. So yeah, yeah I, I I have him in zone coverage. Like I said, adequate but not a, an advantage. Yeah, you know he can get to his spot. He can you know use his eyes and, and get to where he's going to be. Uh, maybe it'll change a little bit playing adverse uh, pros who can you know take advantage of just a little bit of slowness, but. Um, yeah, so Darian Beavers, I had him as a late fourth. Giants get him uh, as a sixth rounder, uh, and I, and he's going to get playing time this year. There's that is a if if he does if he's not the guy that gets hurt, there's a guarantee that Darian Beavers will be playing meaningful reps this season and most likely in the beginning of it too. Yeah, for sure. Um, he hasn't been wearing a sweatshirt during training camp. That uh, he I feel like he wore like this hoodie when he played at Cincinnati, so he looked beefier. He looked bigger. Maybe it's the number zero also versus forty one. Maybe zero is like a number that makes you look. A little thicker, but he's looking kind of thin in camp. And he looked trimmed. He's looking slimmed down and trimmed down a little bit. Um, hopefully, it results in a little bit of a faster, quicker Darian Beavers, and then maybe that bad talking point can go away about him. Yep. All right, that's Darian Beavers. That's the player profile and projection. We'll be back tomorrow with a preseason recap game. I think because yes, it's coming out on Thursday. So we appreciate you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, let's go big blue.